found him to be that way. Amen. Sometimes it looks like, where is he? But then you see he was there all the time. Amen. He's always there. God bless you. Good to be in the house of the Lord. I'll let you have your seat just for a moment. Amen. Um, just uh, a couple of things. I wanted to make, give you an update. The sister in Washington, um, Brother Michael is his name. He's at Brother um, Mike Wall's church, but Brother Michael is a song leader. His wife is Sister Solis. Sister Solis is the one who gave birth to her fourth child, and then immediately thereafter that night went into uh, uh, convulsions, had a, a brain, uh, almost like a stroke and everything. But uh, we've been praying for her. It's now almost two weeks. And this morning, we, we just got an update. She is breathing about 60% on her own. So that's, that may not seem a lot like a lot, but it's an improvement. It's like I shared on Wednesday when Brother Ron Spencer went for his uh, checkup on his uh, brain tumors. Uh, there was no change. Well, that was a victory. And so uh, anyway, they said she's breathing about 60% on her own. They've put her in a, in a track and a feeding tube. She's still unconscious. Keep praying. Her mother is a sister named Sister Vivian. She is taking care of all the children and the baby. There's another sister that's been helping at night, and there are many other sisters from the church that are helping. The body of Christ, there's no body like it. So we, we, we thank God for that report, and we want to remember them and continue to remember them in our prayers. And as Brother Ray said, and as Brother Mark in his prayer, there's many, many needs that we could point to. So we want to just remember that. Um, today, well, we, tonight we're going to have Brother Max ministering for us. Um, Brother Max picked up his brother and sister, and they came from Ireland. Is that right? Okay, so I think the name's Daniel and... And angel, Daniel and angel. Can you raise your hands? God bless you. They, they came here because there's a fairly significant occasion uh, upcoming here in the next short while. Brother Max will be turning 30. <laughs> I think this week, is that right? Let's just wish him a happy birthday. God bless you, Brother Max. We were going to sing a happy birthday special and thought we might do that tonight, but we'd probably distract him from ministering. But we love and appreciate our brother Max. We're happy to have you here. And just so you know, he's doing all right. He's doing well. You know, he'll be 30, so he's going to be eligible to become a full-fledged Levite now because that's the age that they could do that. 
Um, I won't get into some of the other comments we've made in regards to that, but that'll, that'll be between us ministering brothers. But Brother Max, we love you. We appreciate you. And we're, we, we, I think we can all say we've been blessed to have Brother Max here in our church. And so we're thankful for that. Amen. I, um, I, I had some other announcements, but you know, we, I'm going to maybe save some of that for next week just in regards to some scheduling of things that we've got coming up in September. So we're going to leave that for next week. Why don't we stand together and uh, let's just sing The Anchor Holds. The Anchor Holds, if we can do that. <clears throat> and the Anchor Holds Though the ship is battered is the Word of God. I believe it's a substance, and I don't know if we really recognize what this substance is doing for us in our lives. It's like that little widow woman, and it was in a time of famine, in the time of Elijah. She just went back into her house, and she had a little pot with meal, and God just every day gave her something. She had a little cruise of oil, and she was sustained for many days. Not just her, but the message of Elijah was sustained. And friends, we are the message of Elijah that's living today. And God continually feeds his children. I'm looking for him to feed us today. I, I can't do that, but he can do that. We are in a time of famine, but we have spiritual food. Let's turn this morning to the book of Exodus, chapter 3. Thank you to the musicians. Thank you for the non-special that Brother Ron was going to sing. Um, <laughs> uh, Brother Ron, I, I can laugh because you and I are in the same boat on that one. So, 
<laughs> Is it good to laugh once in a while too? I think Christians can laugh. I think it can have a good laugh. And uh, Exodus chapter 3, <clears throat> we spoke last week on stepping into the realities of God. I want to speak today on a continuation of that. I'm going to call it the realities of God, but my focus will be sacred steps. And I'm going to start with this scripture. It'll become apparent where we're going in a moment. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert, and he came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Now, if you catch the picture here, Moses had been 40 years tending sheep. But now God is getting ready to do something. So what does he do? He has to attract his attention. So it was an angel of the Lord. It showed up in a burning bush, but the bush did not burn. It was not consumed. And now look, look at the sequence. Look at the steps here. Because the next sequence is Moses could have said, oh, that's nice, and kept on going. But it wasn't that way. And the Bible says, And Moses said, I will now turn aside to see this great sight and why the bush is not burnt. Now notice, when Moses did that, it also caused God to move. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called him out of the midst of the bush and he said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Now, so he's got him there. He's got him in a place. Now he needs to make him aware of something. This is, this is a fulfillment of Scripture. This is a time that I have chosen. This is the initiating of something that is more than all of your natural existence. And he said, draw not, hit, draw not nigh hither, put off the shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. And he said, Moreover, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face. He was afraid to look on God. So this wasn't easy. Okay, my shoes are off, Lord. What do you want? No, this was, okay, yes, Lord. And then with that came a holy fear. I'm, I, this, is, this is something beyond all that I've ever had in this life. This is beyond everything I've had in Egypt, everything I've had, and now this is something that God had ordained for a specific moment. And God says in verse 7, And the Lord said, I have seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, have heard their cry by reason of their ta taskmasters. I know their sorrows. I understand what you're going through. Verse 8 and I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, to bring them up out of that land. So the, here's, here's the whole summary. I'm bringing them out into, out of the, unto a good land and a large, a land flowing with milk and honey unto the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And he, he's just identifying it's a good land, but there's also these factions that are there. Let's bow for a word of prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, 
as we come to this place of the scripture, Lord, we've, we've come, we've sung songs, we've felt your presence. Lord, and even through this past week, many of us has not just rubbed shoulders with the world, but encountered demons, encountered oppositions. Lord, and inside of us there's been a cry Lord, a cry for you, for more of you, a cry for the things we see in this generation around us. Lord, would you come feed your children this morning? Would you come and visit with us this morning? Forgive us where we've come short. And Lord, we ask that you'd look through the blood of Jesus. And while we're here this morning, Lord, we're inviting you, Lord, beyond our emotion beyond our flesh, beyond all that we are. Take us, Lord, into your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. you may have your seats. I'll invite you to go to the book of Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. So this is the beginning of the commission. We're going to, we, you that are Bible readers will know about the Exodus, the coming out of Egypt and now, the 40 years in the wilderness, and it was ironic, it was 40 years that, that Moses had to be shepherding sheep before he met that pillar of fire, before he stood on that holy ground. But now here it's 40 years that the children of Israel are waiting for another step. And Joshua chapter 1, let's just read verses 2 and 3. Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them and to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses." Now, I want you just to just think with me, and, and I'm going to put it into broad terms. The children of Israel, they were given for an inheritance. They're a natural people. They were given a land. That land was their inheritance. And the inheritance was, was, was associated by a land. Now, as God was going to bring them into that land... Here is Moses, not in Egypt, he's outside of Egypt, he is in that land, but now God puts his footprints or his, his presence on it and says, now Moses, this fire, this land is holy. I am designating it. This is the season. It's been inhabited by other things, but now I'm bringing it back. Oh, my friends, if not all of us went into the depths of sin in the world, but we had this vessel, we had this temple. It used to be in the control of the devil. It used to be in the control of other things. But at a time and a season, God said, I'm claiming this land again. And we say, thank you, Lord. We don't belong to the devil. We belong to God. <coughs> so he's telling Joshua, now I've told Moses, but now you're here. You've got to claim this. Go with me over to chapter 3, Joshua chapter 3, in verse 5. This is as they're crossing over. And Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves. 
for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. I'm not going to read the other verses there, Ethan, that I gave you. I'm just going to read that one verse. Sanctify yourself for the tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Jump over to Joshua 5, and I'm going to, after I do this, I'm going to start to speak, but I want to bring this continuity of Scripture. Now it's Joshua chapter 5, and Israel is about to go in to that land. Brother Andrew touched on this last Sunday. This was the circumcision that was needed again. And uh, I'll come back to this in a bit. But in verse 13, now they're about to go in to Jericho. They're about to start to possess the Hivites, the Canaanites, all of this. In verse 13, it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as a captain of the host of the Lord am I come. And Joshua fell. Now, Joshua is not seeing a pillar of fire, but I'm going to say the pillar of fire was with them. There was an angel of the Lord that went before them. You can read that in Exodus 23. That angel went before them, before their enemies. They didn't see him the same way. But now he's with them. And he says, now, are, are you for us against us? No, I'm the captain of the host of the Lord. And Joshua fell on his face on the earth and did worship. What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Now we've often referred to Exodus 3 about holy ground, but we don't often refer to this scripture. But I will say it is just as relevant. And, and I, I, I know we're not all here today, and don't look at who's not here, and, but I, I want you just to focus and say, okay, Lord, we're here. We need our portion for today. Can you do that? I need you to come with me, uh, and, and I, I need to also go in the direction, and, I, and I'm just asking the Lord, Lord, you come. You get into the Word. You get into this service. You take these vessels. You use it for your glory. Now, Brother Branham, and, 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 and we will say this, this generation was visited not just by a man from Kentucky, but it was an angel that was sent from God, and, and it was a visitation that came to William Branham in a cave, and that angel, and he gave him a commission, and he went out from that commission. And I will say, when he started making those steps, despite what all the others said around him, there was people around him that said, you know, you got a seventh grade education, you, you don't know what, you can't go that, you're going to go before kings and monarchs, are you kidding me? You know, but he started walking. And listen, when he started walking, it was not him that made the way for him, it was God that went before him. I'll tell you, demon, the demon world took notice that God had come down. I'll tell you that, that there was a, not just a demonic world and the casting out of devils, but healing. He rose with healing in his wings. It sparked a revival. But it was a God coming down again. 
And I will say, with that came a cry to a generation, though religious. And I will say, it was a religious generation. And, and, and I would say there was a measure of it, but it was in decay, it was in decline. And already God had to set about doing this final restoration. And associated with this message, I'll tell you, there was no punches pulled. There was no saying, you know, this is an old-fashioned preacher. No, this, this is, there's not an old-fashioned gospel. There's one gospel. It's, it's you know, and we can call it that, but in the context that the world uses and call it old-fashioned, almost mocking it, that's not what we're talking about. It's that old-time religion. It always was. It always will be. And that's what we're looking at. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm calling this sacred steps, and I, I, I was endeavoring to try to bring this, and I, I'm just going to say right now, I can't minister this service today in the way, if I could minister it in the way God began to minister to me in it, I might be able to minister it, but uh, even as I was coming and i trying to make my notes and trying to do this, and I'm just saying, Lord, you need to come down and make this real. And if it's not real today or real in some, but I'm just saying, Lord, it has to be you. I started to look just, just at dictionary definitions of the word holy and holiness and, 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 and purity. And, you know, so holy, they say dedicated or consecrated to God. It almost infers that it's something that we ourselves do. And, and it almost infers that it's something that we put on, you know, if, if, you, you know, if you dress a certain way and you have your shoes and your, your, your feet, that, that, that's almost deemed to be holy. That's not holiness. That's piety. That's self-made. That doesn't do anything. Real holiness, that which met Moses that changed his outlook. It changed his thinking. There was a recognition. There's a reality here that I've never known, but this is it. And I would say, that's what we need to step into. It wasn't good enough for Brother Branham to step into it. But we now, who are walking in the footsteps of our possession, we need to know that that God is behind us. He is not just with Brother Branham. He is with us today. He's in his word today. <coughs> so they talk about this, and I just began to, I, I was frustrated with the, the definitions I was getting from the dictionary, and I started to look at some scriptures on the word holiness. And I'm, I didn't give you these, Ethan, but it's okay. I'm just going to refer to them. Don't bother trying to put them up. <coughs> but in, in the scriptures on, on holiness, and, and, and I would just say, it, it was, when I, when I started reading them, I just, I'm going to read them quickly as I go through it, but Exodus 28, 36, the priest, when he went into the presence of God, he had a plate of pure gold and engravings of a signet, and it said, as he went into minister, it said, holiness to the Lord. If you go down to 1 Chronicles, and it, it would talk in 1 Chronicles 16, verse 29, it says, give unto the Lord the glory due to his name, bring him an offering, come before him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. Psalms chapter 48 verse 1 would say, and this, this is, this is a, an amazing scripture, 
but it's called a song and a psalm for the sons of Korah. Lord willing, one day I'm going to preach on the sons of Korah because they were not like their father. And he says, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God in the mountain of his holiness. It would talk in Psalms chapter 93 verse 5, thy testimonies are very sure, holiness becometh thine house, O Lord, forever. Now I'm, I'm, I'm using these, I'm, I'm asking you just to go with me a little bit on this. But, but we are in a generation where even the approach to church, to the things of God, is continually under attack in the sense that it's being devalued. It's being put into carnal terms. It is being put into a level whereby they, they, they say, okay, well, let's go to church, and then after church we're going to do this. And we're it's just another thing on the agenda. I, I, I think in our daily lives, that, that, that time with God ought to be sacred, it ought to be holy, it ought to be something that we say, this is where everything starts in my life. So, so he, would, he would go on now, and this is in, in, in Psalms 110, and I'm going to read a little bit more of this one, because it speaks a little bit of where I'm going. A psalm of David, the Lord said unto thy, my Lord, sit on my right hand till I make mine enemies thy footstool. The Lord shall send the rod out of the strength of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. And here's the next verse after. It says, thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power, in the beauties of holiness, from the womb of the morning hast the dew of, of thy youth. So, to us, what we believe and what we stand for is not just, it's not just something that we have as a standard. No, it's a way of life. Holiness is a way of life. And I will say, the token, the, as Brother Branham would put into these terms, the world doesn't give a tinker about your token. They don't understand why it would be important for you to, to not cross over certain boundaries. Oh, everybody else is doing it. No, I can't. I'm sorry. There's something in the fabric of my spirit that won't allow me to step over that. And I'll tell you, sometimes it's not just by words, it's not by reason, but it's by the spirit that you fellowship with, that you pray with day by day, and it is actually your guard. Yeah. <coughs> How do you explain when you walk in a room and there's a bunch of guys, maybe at work or maybe it's at school or in a, in a certain place, and somebody just cracks an off-color joke? And sometimes, you know, if we're not strong, we just kind of <laughs> laugh with it because we want to be accepted. But I'll tell you, in your fabric of your spirit, there's something that says, no, that ain't right. And if that's an English teacher, that isn't right, okay? But, but listen, uh, it, it, uh, what I'm trying to say is it's not... Put on. It's within. I, I've, I've just so appreciated our services lately and the continuity that the Lord's been leading us in. And, and when Brother Moses just touched on Wednesday on, on that dove that was leading that lamb, that, that Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, 
It's not a spirit that you're just flippant with. Oh, I got the spirit and I can do whatever. No, it's a Holy Spirit. You're subject to it. And, 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 and I, I so appreciated that because, uh, you know, that's what leads us to be sacrificial in our lives. That lamb. You know, it's not just, uh, well, I'll sacrifice and I'll do it. I'll be the martyr. No, it's, it's not done because you, you want to do it in your flesh, but it's, it's the Holy Spirit leads you, and that becomes acceptable in the sight of the Lord. So it's, it's a holiness. It's, it, it's something that's on, on a greater level. It will say here also in, in uh, Jeremiah chapter 2, this is now, now when uh, Israel was uh, in, in uh, because of her abominations and because of where she had gone, God put her into slavery, and, and uh, Jeremiah, he, he was called the weeping prophet, but he, he it was seemed like God used Jeremiah to be an example of what the heart of God was at that time, where Jeremiah was weeping because of what Israel had done. And, you know, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, there's a generation, they have not known my ways. I, 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 I need you to help me this morning. Forty, and I can't say 40 years ago, that's not true. I, I'm, I'm going to say 60, 70, 80 years ago, it used to be common for a woman to wear a dress. Common. It was normal. It was a way of life. That's not a way of life anymore. And, and you could do that. And, and, and that pressure has come. It, 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 it infringes on us. And the enemy, you know, where, where, where some of our, our young sisters, if, if they're not born again and they don't understand what the, the, the reason for that is, it's like, why do I have to do this? We, we, we don't just want to do it because it's a practice, but it's, it's actually a reflection of something that's inside. Lord, let this reflect out and let me show forth your holiness. <coughs> Brother Branham is preaching. He's preaching in South Africa. And, 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 and there's, I think it's in Durban, it's a Durban meeting. When he's preaching, they didn't understand maybe all his words. There was interpreters, there was this. But I'll say this, when the presence of God came down, there was women, there was raw women, women in, in raw state of undress, no tops, no nothing. But when that presence of God came down, they covered themselves. It was real. It was a presence that was associated with it. Let's not use this message. Well, where does it say this? And what can I get away with? That's not what it's here for. It's to bring us into the presence of God. <coughs> Israel. This is, this is Jeremiah speaking. Go and cry in the ears of Jerusalem. Thus saith the Lord, I remember you, the kindness of your youth, the love of thine espousals, when thou wentest after me in the wilderness in a land that was not sown. Israel was holiness unto the Lord, the first fruits of his increase. Oh, and how it must have grieved him to see where they were at. 
I won't read all of this, but you could read some of these. Jeremiah 23. I love this portion because this speaks to pastors and it speaks to those that didn't do what God said and the shepherds and God would say he'd bring up real shepherds. And, but in, 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 in Jeremiah 23, it says, Thus saith the Lord, I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his days Judah shall be saved, Israel shall dwell safely, and this is the name whereby he shall be called the Lord Our Righteousness, capital letters. It would go on to say in that, in verse 9, here's Jeremiah speaking, my heart within me is broken because of the prophets, all my bones shake. I'm like a drunken man, like a man that wine is overcome because of the Lord and because of the words of his holiness. I don't know if you can ever imagine, there's times we get into prayer and, and maybe just you come into a place and I just remember Brother Branham talking about it. He says, sometimes I'm, you know, I'm viewed as an old crank. Oh, there he goes again. But he said, if you're ever lifted into the spheres and you come in, he says, Ichabod is written across the whole thing. Friends, if we could see like God sees. Now, we're never going to lift ourselves up to that level. But if we come to that place and say, Lord, Flow through me. Let my words be seasoned with this. Let my actions and let my, my whole being be governed. You know, let my sentence come forth from your presence. But when you get lifted up, and I, I was just so in prayer the other day, and just, I was in, it was, it was in the middle of a night, and it was just before the Lord, and it just brought me into a place. And as I was kind of coming out of the prayer, I said, Lord, This is so pure. This is so holy. I'm fearful to go back just to to lay in my bed and then wake up in the morning and go about my way because it was so sacred. It was that sacred. Now, you can't live in that place. And God knows we can't live in that place. But somewhere that, that needs to reflect in our lives. That we have been there. And it's not a put-on. It's, it it's actually a real place. That's, that's what this message came for. 2 Corinthians, I'll just read a couple more. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, it would, it would say this, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. I, I, I know maybe there, there wouldn't be a great roar at, at some of these things, but just stay with me a little bit. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 7. God has not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. Hebrews chapter 12. For verily after a few days he chastened us after his own pleasure, but he for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. Follow peace with all men and holiness without, without which no man shall see God. You know, if, if I can start to put in words and Brother 
Branham would talk about that evangelist, and he gave different names, Daniel Curry, different ones. But he said that man thought he was a pretty good man till he actually came up into the presence of God. And when he came there and, and, and then he said, you know, your name's not here. You'll have to appeal at the great white throne. And he went there and he says, and when he went there and he came into the presence of that light, he realized nothing is hidden. Oh, friends, I want to live there now. Amen. Hebrews chapter 4. The word is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Discern us, Lord. See if there be anything in us. Thank you for your prayer, Brother Mark. I believe that's our cry, friends. We're nearing the shore. We're coming closer than ever. It's a reality. It's not a put on. You know, we always thought, well, when the rapture comes. But have you ever thought what the conditions would be that led up to the rapture? What would cause us to so want to be with him? Part of that is the world around us. Oh, thank God. I want to read, read something. And this was, uh, I, I haven't been there, but um, I was just with a brother the other day, and we were talking. He's a history, he's a history buff. And, and we were just talking about maybe going to different places and doing things. And we got to talking about you know, history and how we like history and, and how it's something. And we were talking about going to Washington and Washington's got this Smithsonian Institute and different things. But not far from there is what's called um, Gettysburg. And, uh, he w and I said, I I'd, I'd like to see that sometime. I've heard so much about it. And he said, I've been there. I said, yeah. He says, he says it's one of the most incredible feelings when you recognize what was done there. And, and it's well known for the Gettysburg Address, which Abraham Lincoln spoke. And, um, and, and, uh, and Abraham Lincoln was, was actually not the main speaker. They had in those days what they called orators. And orators would, would pen out a long thing. And this, the guy who was the main orator for this dedication of what happened at Gettysburg, those of you who don't know, it was one of the greatest battles in the Civil War. It, 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 it was where thousands and thousands of young men lost their lives. And, and it was for a nation that was fighting for freedom. And I, and I got to thinking about this and I thought about David and, and the men that went to get a drink of water for David and they fought through miles of Philistines just to get that pure water and they came back and David so valued what they had done, he says, I can't drink from this. The price that these men have paid, what they've risked themselves for, I, I, I'm pouring this out as an offering to God. Because David said, these men are reflecting something greater. Friends, we are reflecting something greater. It's not just this church. It's not Brother Ed. It is Jesus Christ. <laughs> it is Him. That's the reason we do all that we do. But, but here's this Gettysburg. And they had this main order all hired. And they, they're inviting the dignitaries. They said, well, we better invite the president, which happened to be Abraham Lincoln. And Abraham Lincoln wasn't just a finely cultured man. I mean, he did wear kind of an unusual hat. It's not a common hat that you'll see around. It's called a stovepipe hat. It's not the kind of hat you wear in a stiff breeze. 
It's, it's, it's a different kind of hat. So. But Abraham Lincoln spoke perhaps three to four minutes. And the two hours that the man spoke before him has long been forgotten. But the three to four minutes that Abraham Lincoln spoke have echoed through the halls of America forever. And I'm, there's actually times that I feel like I'm an American, <laughs> a North American, okay? So, but it, I'll say one thing. The Americans, maybe they go over the top with, with, with national, uh, you know, allegiance and all of that. But I'll tell you what, there's times that I've, I've been at, at, you know, Disneyland and Epcot, and they have parades, and, and I, I've seen their historical plays, and, and there's times you actually get chills listening to it. Like, like, what about our heritage as Christians? But Abraham Lincoln, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but he starts it out with four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought this nation. We're engaged in a great civil war. I'm just going to... But as he's here, we've come to dedicate this portion, this on the great battlefield of war, as a final resting place for many who died here that this nation might live. Now, he, he, this is, to me, the part that always strikes me. We cannot dedicate, nor consecrate, nor can we hallow this ground. In other words, my words can't do it. He said, the brave men, living and dead, who struggled here, they have hallowed it far above our poor power to add or detract. In other words, the lives that are being lived right now by you in Laodicea, they are hallowed ground. This world doesn't know that the Christ that lives inside of you and the steps you're taking in the middle of a perverse age Friends, I just went to the bank the other day, and I, I go, and they, they, don't, they don't have billboards anymore. They, have, they just have screens. And the screens that are there, excuse me for a minute, my armor is loose. <coughs> and I, I'm there, and, and there was a sequence of five clips that came across the screens. And it started with a rainbow flag. And then the images that I saw on five separate screens... I, and it just so struck me, how perverse. And this is what's being flashed in front. I think Brother Barry Coffey, one of his young sons, had to go and work at a bank, and he was just at the bank, and, 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 and he says, within a week of being there, they wanted him to wear a rainbow tie. And he goes, I'm sorry. Well, they're going to be offended. They're going to be offended. They're going to be offended. I'm offended. The Spirit of God is offended. Friends, we need God. We need Him in us. How do you hold the standard high? Because He lives within me. We were in British Columbia. I'm, I was just thinking of 
a conversation a few days ago, Brother Mark, about how I think you were, you were going and doing a line locate or something, <coughs> and there was a woman in a bikini there, and as you were passing by, she suddenly recognized that whatever she felt at that moment, I remember the story right. Maybe it was the presence of a son of God walking by. This goes back to, and then I shared some of what I shared, but we, my wife and I, we were, my daughter's there as well, and we were walking along the seashore in White Rock in British Columbia. And there's just people everywhere. It's great out on the seashore, but when you go back on the path, right where the, the main pavilion was, and we come out, and there was a guy there. He had a little stereo system, and he was, he was just up, uh, probably about this high, and the pathway went in front, and he was, he was standing there. It was sunny. It was hot. Um, he was, I, I don't know if I can say this without projecting the wrong images, but literally he had a Speedo on, and that's all. And he was just, and I'm going, buddy, do you not know what you are projecting? We went all the way down to the end, and half an hour later, he was still there doing his thing. You know what? If we would have seen that, if somebody would have seen that 60 years ago, anybody in their sane mind where they went to church, they would have said, call the cops on this guy. He's weird. But today, everybody, oh, he's one of them. Have you thought about the filthy world that we live in? Knowledge will not keep you from going where the tree of life is leading everybody. But I'll tell you, if you where the tree of knowledge of good and evil is leading everybody. But the tree of life, which is Christ, when you fellowship with him, it'll keep you. Maybe beyond what your, your memory of the message is, what your knowledge of the message is, but the spirit that lives within me. It's a holy God. Lincoln would go on to say, the world will have little note nor, nor long remember what we say here while it can never forget what they did here. In fact, the world has remembered this more. But he said, it's, it's for us, the living, to be dedicated to the great task remaining before us that from these honored dead we would take increased devotion to the cause for which they were here giving the last measure, full measure of devotion that we were highly, that we will highly resolve that these dead have not died in, in vain. And he goes on to say that the government by the people, for the people, and, and such will not perish from off the earth. If he could say that about a natural land which is in decay, I'll tell you, we have a kingdom which cannot be removed. And I'll say this, somewhere we ought to hear the echo of the prophet, stay in line, stay in line, stay in line. Somewhere we ought to hear the echo of men that have labored, our pastor that was here before us, that labored, and I'll say this, God bless him for what he did. I say that, Lord, let's hold that standard high. Let it not diminish. In fact, let it not just be on the pulpit, but let it come down to every home, every life, everyone that's here. (coughs) 
Okay, I need to move along. Going in to this thought. Psalms chapter 95, I'll just read this, Ethan, if you can put that up. Psalms 95, verse 10. Actually, I'll read a couple of verses here. I just put this in at the last minute. <coughs> Harden not your heart as in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me and proved me and saw my work, the next verse says, 40 years long was I grieved with this generation and said, it is a people that do err in their heart and they have not known my ways. And I'm just going to use two parallels real quick. Here was Moses raised up in a proper home. Everything was correct, everything that he knew. And yet, when it came to applying it to, to maybe being the deliverer, he used his, himself, his own wisdom, and he killed one Egyptian and he was running for his life. So it, was, it, it wasn't a natural thing, but he had to come to a burning bush. And in five minutes, Moses knew more about God from that time on than he, anything he had before that. Now there's a children of Israel. Forty years they wandered in the wilderness, and God says, they have not known my ways. They just don't get it. And I thought, what was it? A mixed multitude followed that. In other words, men like Korah, men like Dathan rose up. There was others that, that, that followed, Balaam and other ones. They didn't recognize the holiness of God. They didn't recognize the sacred, sacredness of what God was doing, that Scripture was being fulfilled. But now they're coming up to the time of going in, and God has to make them aware. This is not, this is now... You saw first pull, you saw second pull, but third pull, this is you, your steps. Just, just, just think with me for a minute. The steps that they made. You know, there's always a few stragglers. There's a guy named Aiken. <laughs> he, he, he had maybe heard enough stories, seen enough things, that he thought, I'll just bring this over. And he, and he thought, but now... It wasn't the same anymore. And he said, well, I'm going to take a Babylonish garment. I'm going to take a wedge of gold, even though Joshua said not to. I'm going to do it. And he didn't realize they were under another dispensation. Friends, we're not under William Branham the man. We are not under just a tape where it's just a tape. We're under the Holy Spirit that is enacting and living it out in our lives. And these are holy, this is holy ground. These are sacred steps. Even the leader, Joshua, God said, wherever you step, I'll be with you. Whatever you do, whatever you say, just do it. Well, one of their enemies came along, and they just they, they said, we're going to be destroyed by these people. Therefore, let's get some old clothes, let's get some hardened bread, let's make, pretend like, let's put dust on our clothes, let's come up to them and tell them, we're from a far place, you know, and, and they did that, and, and, and they came up to Joshua, and they, they said, hey, we're, we're, we're from here, and, and, it says, and it says, show us mercy, and Joshua said, okay, I show you mercy. He came to find out they just lived three days away, but he could not take back his word. That's how powerful the word was under Joshua. 
It was not just the word of a man anymore. This was God at a certain season opening a door. And we're coming to that. I, I'll tell you what, I've, I've been watching myself. Sometimes I'll just say a word. And it's, it's funny how it is. Just a word and that's the way it is. And I'm going, if I say it naturally the wrong way, that's, that's often the way it goes. But God is putting something into us. He's forming something in us, whether we recognize it or not. <coughs> so, next verse in verse 11. And it says, Unto whom I swear in my wrath they would not enter into my rest. Next verse. I think I was at the last one in that verse. Okay, just leave it there. You can pick up the same portion of Scripture in Hebrews chapter 3. I won't go there. But he says, harden not your hearts. What, what did Achan do? He hardened his heart. What did the others do? They hardened their hearts. I'm saying, friends, this is a time to be tender. My heart is open. I, I, I'll tell you, amongst us as ministers and brothers here, we don't want to project ourselves. We're here to project what God, the Holy Spirit, wants. I want to, I'm going to, I'm going to just change the order of this in a minute, but um, I'm going to go to that scripture in Joshua 5. I'll just come back to it in a minute here. But uh, I want to read this. This is out of the message, and, and Brother Branham would talk about in, in Revelations chapter 3, verse 8, and this is to the Philadelphian church age. I know your works. I've set before you an open door. No man can shut it. You've got a little strength. Keep my word. You've not denied my name. Now, in order to understand the wealth of meaning, Brother Ben, I'm talking now. Behold, I set before you an open door, and no man can shut it. We must recall what has been said about each age running over into another age. There is an overlapping, a melting, or a fading into, rather than an abrupt end or a clear start. The age particularly flows into the next age, and not just a clear-cut start. So it isn't just, okay... It, it, this is the end of the sixth age. We're in the seventh age. This is the end of first pull and second pull. It, it's that sometimes the effects of first and second linger on. Sometimes, and, 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 and sometimes before you go into something, God begins to set a pattern. Before Brother Brandon actually ever opened the revelation, in 1958 he preached serpent seed. And yet it was one of the mysteries to be revealed. It was before the seals. But it was there, and then Brother Brandon would speak that, he'd speak that, and then he comes up to the seven seals, and he says, now, now, let them challenge me on that. So God was already moving into that. And I say this, he's moving us into something. Don't miss it. Don't wait for California to sink. Don't wait for something to happen. Start moving into it. These are steps we've got to take. <coughs> I need to speak a message on the priesthood at some point. But David, who was the king... But he was also representing the king to come, which was Jesus Christ, who was also the high priest that entered into holy places. David, who did not have a right to go into the place to eat the showbread. But David, while he was on his journey, and he needed some food, and he said to the priest, give us some of the bread. And he says, well, what, what can you offer me? Well, my men here, we haven't come up to women. We haven't done, okay, I'll give it to you. Now, it wasn't lawful to do it. But many years later, when Jesus comes, he says, 
And, he's, and they're, they're talking about what Jesus is doing, the, the, the religious leaders. And he says, hold on a sec, guys. I know what I'm doing. You go back in the scriptures. Do you remember what David did back there? Was it lawful for him to do that? And they couldn't answer the question. So D, D, Jesus referred to it, and he went on doing his thing. Friends, we, we got the same unction behind us. Who are you to challenge a devil? No, who are you to pray for someone? That's only for brother. No, it isn't. It's for every believer. Every believer can lay hands on another believer. Every believer can cast out devils. We are the church of the living God. <laughs> when the enemy comes and he makes a challenge, you have a right to stand before him and say, No further. Such a deceitful age. I'm going I'm to read this first. So here, let me just finish this. So there's a door that's opening. And when God opens the door, or when he opens the ground for us to step into, we don't just take it and say, oh, it's kind of neat, let's go here. No, this is God doing something that he held back, held back, held back, and now he says, the people are ready, I'm ready, let's move into it. And we're moving into things. I, I don't re want to read all of this, and I'm, I'm actually going to skip some of it. The enemy is so deceitful. Brother Branham speaking in a message, Satan's Eden. I want to speak this morning to enlighten you to the promise of God for this age. It's written here that it would enlighten you to know to make you a better soldier in the field you're fighting in, to learn the tactics of the enemy, that you can block everything before it gets to you, that you can keep the punches off you. And now he says, this great sinful day we're now living in. I don't believe there's ever been a day that we've ever read in history. The deceitfulness of the enemy. We've never had a day like this. It's cunning. It's deceitful. A Christian, he said, can live such a clean, pure, holy life. He actually said those words. And still not have it. Because it's the age of the life of God. And that's what the devil comes against us for. Brother Branham would say, Satan hates this book of Revelation. He knows that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he says that Christ in the true church is a continuation of the book of Acts but the book of Revelation shows how that Antichrist spirit would come into the church and defile it, come right into the church, and defile it, and he says, make it lukewarm, formal, and powerless. I don't know if I'm going to use this. Maybe I will. 
I, I, I'm just going to take this and, and I'll give credit to where it came from if I have to. <coughs> I don't, I, I'll do this in parallel with Revelations chapter 9. Ethan, rather, I'm going to go there. Revelations 9. This, this is the fifth trumpet, and sometimes we say that's just way out there. But it's like there's an overlap. Remember what I'm saying? If, if you take it, Brother Ram says all, all seven trumpets blowed on the sixth seal. The sixth seal is, is the disruption of nature. I, I think we can say nature is in a disruption. So here, the fifth angel, Revelations 9 verse 1, the fifth angel sounded... And I saw a star fall from heaven into the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. So he had access to this bottomless pit. Now, the terminology here is this, this as it's referred to, a star, the fifth angel sound, a star fell. A star did not come down. This is not like the mighty angel which descended. This one fell, he was cast out. So this one was cast out, and he was given the key to the bottomless pit. If you actually go to the last uh, verse, verse 11 and 12, and it talks about this whole chapter, they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, and in the Greek tongue hath the name Apollon. Okay, so this this is a ruler. He has the key. He's the key to the bottomless pit. So he's unlocked the key. 200,000, thousand demons that were, were at the river Euphrates were loosed on the Jews. But they're also loosed on the bride. Now, now, now just watch this terminology. Verse 2. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke of the pit. As the smoke of a great furnace and the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke and the pit. So in other words, the light could not shine properly. The sun couldn't come through properly. <coughs> okay, just stay with me. And he says, and the air was darkened. Now, Revelations is a book of symbols. I described to you a scene that I saw on the bank. I described what I saw, and I described the things that, I, that I, we, we see all around us. But friends, honestly, sometimes I believe we're like Jesus said to his disciples, and he said, oh fools, and slow of heart. I, I believe sometimes he needs to say those words to us. Because there are so many things that cover us and enshroud us. And I'm going to speak it about myself, about us as a people. It's so easy to jump onto a YouTube clip and there's a document. Oh, this is neat. And then while that's there, all these other ones come up and they say, oh, I'll jump to that one. And before you know it, you have digressed from where you started from. You've dropped a level. You've dropped another. And you're down here after a while. And you're in another spirit. And you're in another realm. And, and all of a sudden, you ask yourself this question when you're there. Can I pick up the Bible and read it right now? No. And how often have I done that? 
and we done that. And I'm going to go a step further and say now, it's, I, and, I'm, I, and I'm not against social media. I'm not against YouTube as far as, but you need the influence of the tree of life. And you need the Holy Ghost. And I will say, the more you go there, the easier it becomes. And the same could be for social media. Oh, let's just see what's new in the world today. And before you know it, you're here. And then you jump onto movie clips. And I'll tell you what, they're posting on there. And I'll say this, WhatsApp is the same. Because it's part of the same agenda. It's part of the same thing. And they're putting things on there that are planting seeds. And you know what it is? It's an air. It's a smoke that's filling the air around you. And you don't even know it. I don't even know it sometimes. But friends, God has just so been speaking to me. I'll tell you what, we need to sanctify ourselves. I'll say this, you can only put so much in your mind. Be careful what you put in your mind. So, I, I didn't know where the source of this came from, but it was actually Brother Andrew who shared it with his father, and I think it was Sister Melissa that shared it with Brother Andrew, but I'm just going to share it because it's, it, it, when I heard Brother Tim speak on it here just in a recent service, it so struck me. And it talks about, and I'll just I'll, I'll read this quotation first, Enticing Spirits. Cancer has been declared to be a fourth dimension disease. It's in another dimension. It's demonology. He says, every disease is a fourth dimension disease or the beginning of it. Okay? So the fourth dimension, you can't see it, but it's around you. How do you know it's around you? Because if you have a receiving set, you can pick it up. How do you pick it up? Well, you need a device. A... You, you've all been summer, and, and I'll tell you what, Lord knows we need to make every moment of summer count. But you go out to the lake, you put out your picnic blanket, you do this, you set up everything, you know, you're just about to go in the water, and beside you pulls a big RV and cranks the speakers on. <laughs> There's an earth tremor here or something, and, 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 and you realize the fourth dimension's not very far away from us. I, I was, the day I was talking to you, Brother Mark, I was sitting by a babbling brook right in the middle of the city, and I, I just, it was therapeutic. I was just sitting there, oh, God, thank you for this. And behind me, I didn't realize it. And I sat there for quite a while, and I said, oh, this is wonderful. I could sit here for a long time. And then behind me, it, it's, it's down in Horlack Park, and they have the symphony concert series, but they had somebody tuning up, and it must have been, it must not have been the symphony yet. It must have been... Um, I can't call them the soft stones, but it was something akin to a rock. And, and they're... And I'm going, okay, who turned the lights off? And, and I go, oh, God. And I didn't sit there very long after that. I was gone. I was gone. A stage left, gone. So, so the fourth dimension, it's all around us. The prophet made us aware that the enemy works through the fourth dimension. So this, this was the article, I think Sister Melissa found it first. Brother Andrew shared it with his dad. 
If, if I'm stepping on your toes and you want to use this, use it again, please, because I, I don't mind if we use it three or four times. It's what's called social media-induced sociogenic illness. It's recently been recognized in the last year or two. Neurologists begin seeing an increasing number of patients, especially teenage girls with unusual involuntary movements and vocalizations reminiscent of Tourette syndrome. And Tourette is kind of a, a thing like this. And they, they couldn't figure out, how does this happen? After ruling out other explanations, the ticks, because they call them the ticks, you all know what TikTok is. It's just these little mini videos, and they, you know, they're, they're, you just listen to one, and, and then you're onto the other one, you're onto, and before you know it, you're, you're, like I just said, use this, can I open my Bible? Can I open my Bible and watch this? And if you can't, I would say, turn it off. Turn it off! Listen, turn it off! It's not worth it! Exactly. So they, they couldn't figure out what is it. And after ruling out other explanations, the ticks in these teenagers seemed related to many hours spent watching TikTok videos of people who report having Tourette syndrome and other movement disorders. And it started where videos that have billions of views, they, were, they found that this was a common denominator in what was manifesting in the flesh. What helped? They said medications, counseling, stress management, according to some. What did, how, how, how not to do it? Avoid social media posts about movement disorders and, and reassurances that the nature of the illness are also key. There's a whole article, I, I could read it all, but it talks about how hundreds of schoolmates, a student suddenly develops leg pain and perilous. Hundreds of schoolmates have the same symptoms. Oh, well... That's in school. You know, they're there. No, okay, let's go a step further. They, they talk that in a nunnery, hundreds, of, sorry, a bunch of nuns begin biting each other. This, this is the article. And the same, same thing is happening at nearby convents. All of a sudden, a bunch of schoolgirls start laughing uncontrollably, and it goes on for days. And when nearly 100 classmates develop the same program, the school is forced to shut down. No medical explanations were found. And the only thing they could see, it was caused by mass hysteria or epidemic hysteria or mass psychogenic illness, and it was directly related to TikTok and social media sites. Now, friends, you can say, oh, Brother Ed, you're, you're traumatizing I'm going to ask you, are you better after you've spent an hour, half hour on those things, or are you worse? I, I, I feel like the devil has invaded. And, and we sometimes, I think we need to be very aware. Listen, I'm, I'm not talking just about physical manifestations. What about your mind? What about how it's clouded over? What about you? You begin to reason with the pure word of God and, and, and you rationalize, this is okay. That's exactly what the devil wants. And I don't want it. Sanctify yourselves. Tomorrow the Lord will do wonders. 
<coughs> if you want to. And Brother Andrew, I didn't tell you this, but well, I did. I shared this with you. Just on Wednesday, Brother Paul LaFontaine spoke a service right along these lines. And he called it Amnon, the mind of this generation. And I will encourage you to go and listen to it. And after he shared that, and I, I woke in the middle of the night and I was just so burdened with things. And then I just happened to, I said, Lord, I want to listen to something. And that came up. And I, you know, okay, it's a tree of knowledge of good. <laughs> something good came up. I thought, well, I'll start listening. And it drove me to my knees afresh. So I just listened to about five minutes and I said, oh God, I need to pray. Parents, we need to pray. We need to sanctify our homes. I'm not just saying this as just a standard. I'm saying we're seeing the end result of what's happening all around us. Revelations 9, it says, The smoke out of the pit of a great furnace, the sun and the air were darkened. Now, just, just look, at, look at how it evolves. It just clouds the mind. How, how did those five TV screens that I saw in the bank start? Oh, it started out when Brother Branham said, people stayed at home to watch I Love Lucy instead of going to church. I Love Lucy, have you watched that? It was, it was the beginning of an attack on the right place of men and the right place of women. And it went from I love Lucy, and a few years later it was this, and it was this, and then it was a little innocent show called Friends about three male and three female roommates that lived together. And they brought in scenarios of gay people, and they laughed about it, and it was accepted. And to this day, that is among the most re-watched re, re reruns there is. And there's a whole generation feeding on it. I had about three or four things this last week that so made this so vivid and real. And I said, Lord, I, I wish I could preach it the way I felt it. But I just went and I stopped at a, I went to, need, I went to get a coffee and I just stopped at a McDonald's. I just sat in the corner and I was just reading a message and just a group of young people came in, young men, and the whole atmosphere changed. And, you know, like a reggae thing and, 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 and every one of these guys, they all sat at the table, but all of them had a device in front of them. And, and you know, and one had earrings, a, a guy, and one had this like, this mop, you ever seen the mop here? It's like, like you feel like you'd pick them up and just scrub the floor a little bit? Yeah, that's, that's what I feel like. Excuse me, you made the floor dirty. Can I just pick you up? Yeah. But I, I, I was watching that and I go, it's a generation that doesn't even know. Doesn't even know. What's the next generation? I, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. Uh, 
just had to go, and I went for a walk, and I just cried. Oh, Lord, help these poor souls. I don't condemn them, but I said, oh, God, the sin. Help these poor souls. <coughs> Let's go back to this. I, I, I'm not going to read more of, of this, but if you watch the manifestation, it went from smoke to locusts, it, and there was given power, and out of those locusts, there came scorpions. We are seeing a generation being encharged by the mind that Satan has begun to consume. And I'm saying, it's at our doors, and we need to take notice. And listen, friends, well, that's just Disney. Listen, Disney was gone 20 years ago. Disney was gone 20 years ago. I'll just be honest about myself because I think it's probably good to do that. Every once in a while I came across a, a sports movie or something because I, I used to play sports and just the whole underdog coming up and, and, I, and I came across one one time and I thought, oh, this, this is like, what a story. But I, I overlooked maybe that there was a little off-color language, a little this, because I was so consumed in the story. And one day I said to my wife, I said, honey, you should see this. It's amazing how, and as she sat down to watch with me a little bit, it was just a little clip, and all of a sudden I realized there was something I became very aware that would not, she could not identify with. How, how does the devil work? He just takes a little away, a little away, a little away, and we're dulled to it, and we don't see it. And all of a sudden, we're walking here, and, 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 and we're, we're so far from where God really wants us to be. And we've reasoned it. We actually put a religious spirit over it, and we say, I'm a Christian. I, I believe. You know what? It's a little entertainment. Innocent amusement. Innocent? Do you know what it's doing? Do you know what it's doing to the generation behind you? We are the gatekeepers. I know I won't get finished this today. Go back to Joshua chapter 5. I, I, was, I wasn't able to make it to the service last Sunday night, but Brother Andrew picked up walking in the footsteps. And as I listened to the service, and there was a point when the Holy Spirit just picked up that service. And if you were spiritual, you caught it. But it was at this portion of Scripture, not to say that the rest wasn't okay, Brother Andrew, but I'm just saying, the Holy Spirit really was enunciating it. And I told Brother Andrew, I said, I actually wanted to go that, but you've covered some of that. So, you know, I gave you lots of room, but you took some of my room back. Like, thanks a lot, man. So, anyway. But <laughs> here, if you actually, and I'll come into this in another service, but it starts in verse 2 where Joshua said, make sharp knives, circumcise, and, 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 and in verse Four. And this is the cause why Joshua did circumcise all the people that came out of Egypt. All the males, even all the men of war, died in the wilderness by the war, but they had not come out of, e after they had come out of Egypt. Now, the, let me read verse 5 and slow down. Now, all the people that came out were circumcised, but all the people that were born in the wilderness by the way as they came forth out of Egypt, them they had not circumcised. 
Now, God would not let that generation in, but yet that generation was raising their own generation. Naturally speaking, maybe that wasn't, wasn't good because they heard all the stories. God had to bring that generation to a fresh circumcision. Now, let me, let me drop down. So, they went through. They circumcised. They did everything. I don't want to make light of this. I feel like I, it could be preached a couple of times. But I want to drop down to verse 9. So, after they had done circumcising, the Lord said unto Joshua, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off you. Therefore, the name of that place is called Gilgal unto this day. And I don't have time to get into this whole part about what Gilgal is in the Scripture. But I want to just focus on the reproach of Egypt. You may have come out of the world, but you may have memories of what was there. You may remember the different things. Let me just put it this way. A woman in the book of Joshua that had the greatest reproach was known as a harlot, but yet she was destined of God to be a part of the program of God. And, and I, I said, why would God do that? Why would he bring that woman in? Because there's a generation that thought, hey, I haven't done anything wrong. I'm okay. Everything's good. I didn't do those things back in the... No, we need the blood of Jesus Christ Amen. as much as everyone. And if we don't, you might not have the scars, but we need to have a feeling for what the blood of Jesus Christ does. That's right. Amen. Ruth was also a woman that came in. Listen, this is all part of Jesus Christ. Sometimes we're believers. Okay, just get my tie on, right? I'm good. I'm good. And we think... I didn't, you know, we come into the house of the Lord. Lord, I thank God I'm not like other men. That I, I don't do these other things. I, I, I didn't curse once this week, Lord. Here I am at your service. Lord, I, I, I didn't. And, and, and we sit there and we think, <clears throat> I've got it. I'm, I'm, thank God for the grace that brought you there. But don't ever, don't ever put that that way before God. And so, here's Ruth comes in, a Moabitess, comes as part of a family that had left their inheritance, gone out, but come back. And there was a kinsman redeemer that could have redeemed her, could have redeemed her, but she rather happened into the field of Boaz, and Boaz was an older man, and and. And, and she knew that God had brought her. How did I end up here? And I'm here. And, and Boaz takes notice of her. And, and he looks at her. And who is her? And then they all said, she's a Moabitess. That doesn't matter. Look at her character. Look at what she's doing. There's something here. And he didn't see all of that. And <coughs> this woman, she comes into that field. And we know the whole story. I'm not going to rehearse it. But there was a nearer kinsman. And the nearer kinsman, you know, Boaz came to him and says, hey, she's here for you. You can re... No, he says, 
Here's the field of Naomi. You can redeem it. Oh, hey, it's mine. I'll take it. No problems. Oh, by the way, you've also got to redeem this Moabitess. Oh, no, 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 no. Hold on. I, I, I'm part of the church uh, uh, order. Like, I, I can't do that. I can't go down there. And we get on this religious realm up here when we need to come down to where Christ came down. Jesus Christ saved a wretch like me. And we need to think about where he's living today. But we've come to this place in the message where, oh, it's a reproach. But Jesus is willing to take the reproach. If you're sincere in your heart, I'll take it. And we'll all fall flat on our face somewhere. We'll say, Lord, give me a redeemer like that. Oh, God, reach down. And like I said, we all know someone. We all know someone somewhere. But are we, they call them the stiff-necked. You can get stiff knees too where, ah, I'll just stand. But you know what? Sometimes if I really want to repent and I really want to show God I'm serious, nothing I bring, Lord, but it's you. You're my righteousness. And we come. Friends, there was a generation that grew up that never was in Egypt. A generation that never did the things their forefathers did. Egypt is a type of the world. But it carried over. It was a reproach. And, 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 and it was a reproach. It was something. And, and they... This generation that grew up, they never had been circumcised. But they were carrying the reproach until they had their circumcision. A reproach, what is a reproach? It's, it's something, I don't, I don't really like this, but hey, Jesus takes our case. He, he, he is the one. My goodness, how did the time end up here? Well, like I said, I didn't know how I was going to preach this today. I have another, last week I had another half, this week I got another half that I'm going to have to leave. But let me just, let, let's we'll stop here. This is fine. The Lord has ministered to us a little bit. And uh, we used to, Ephesians would say, and I'll, I'll go into it next week, but fornication and, and uncleanness and this and this and this, let it not once be named among you. And sometimes we get to living on a level where, okay, if that ever happens, I don't want to touch that. But you know what? We also need to recognize as high on, you might say, I, I've never done that. But gossip is pretty high in that same page. Backbiting is on that page. It's as much sinful to God as any other thing is. And so, so don't put these degrees on things. You know, the, 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 the greatest king that Israel ever had it's written in the scriptures what he did with Bathsheba. But it's also written of Psalms 51. It's also written that he was a man that loved to repent. He was a man that walked in the fellowship of the Spirit. Listen, let's have the musicians come. I'm going to stop there. We've got an evangelist speaking tonight. We're looking forward to him. It's probably his last service before he turns 30. And uh, 
He's actually going on a little trip with his brother and sister this week, so we're not going to see him. How many looking, looking forward to the service tonight? Brother Max, when I prayed and I thought, I got so much on my plate, and then I said, oh, Brother Max is preaching. He's going to pick it up real well. And I don't know where you're going or what you're doing, but we pray for Brother Max. God use Brother Max tonight. Amen. You're looking forward to that service. Let's stand together. This is going to be an abrupt end. If you get this tape and this video, go and send it to Brother Obed because he called me a 747 preacher that has a long runway and a long takeoff and, and, and such. And I've just had a helicopter stop to this service. So I can do it too. <laughs> okay. So some people are shaking in their pew. He did it. He stopped. Right, bang. Right on time. Just like Brother Obed did. Like I had to close for him, right? So I'm, I'm writing some notes. And so I'm done. And he's packing up. And I'm just... I'm, anyway, we're here, aren't we? <coughs> I don't know if that was as much ministering a service as it was my heart coming out, and I wish I could have brought it out better. I wish I could have brought it out better. <laughs> we are standing on holy ground. Let's sing that. We are standing on
presence on holy ground. Michael, do you know the song, I'm Coming Back to the Heart of Worship? You don't know it? Okay, I, I'm not going to try and do it then. Let, let's just sing. Um, with my hands lifted up, I'm going to sing with my hands lifted up. With my, my hands, hands lifted up, and my mouth filled with praise, with the heart of thanksgiving, I will bless Thee.
take a moment in his presence. Let's sing Beulah Land, Beulah Land. Brother Josh Stahl, I'm going to ask you to come and close if you begin to make your way up. Beulah thank you so much for what you've done for us today lord we just really appreciate you coming down and speaking to us lord and as brother ed was speaking would we do this if you were here with us lord something me and Britt have talked about lord my wife lord just would you feel comfortable being our midst lord and we just pray for that spirit to be written with us at every moment of our lives lord. wherever we may go at work at school at home no matter who we come in contact with lord let us just always be pleasing to you we want you to be accept we want to be acceptable to you, Lord God. And we want to be the salt of the earth, Lord. We just want you people that were rubbed neck shoulder to shoulder with it. They see us, Lord, in you. And Lord, we just ask for your mercy and your grace and your patience with us, Lord, as some may come slow, some may fast, Lord. But just be patient with us, Lord God. And all our loved ones, Lord, we, we know we have the faith and we just claim every single one of them, Lord. The devil can't hold them any longer than you've allowed him to, Lord. So I just pray you release them all, Lord, and just 
go to each and every one, Lord, and every sickness and every unclean spirit, Lord, we just ask for your mercy and your grace. And we just love you so much, Lord. Just thank you for everything. Thank you for paying that ultimate price on Calvary. We just really appreciate and love you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, I think we sang it earlier, but all my life you've been faithful. We'll just sing that and then we'll dismiss you. I love you, Lord. For your mercy never fails me. And all my days that held in your hands. The moment that I wait. Has God been good to you? I believe He's good. The, the best we've ever seen, we haven't seen yet. But I believe it. I believe He's a good God. And I also believe 
that the Teufel is an evil guy. If you didn't understand that, we'll invite you to German classes, but it's the devil. Last week I was sick and I couldn't shake hands, but today I can shake hands. So if you want to wave at somebody from afar, you can. If you want to be like, like Brother Branham said, that, that duchess that came up to him and gave him that, he says, come on, give me your hand and put it down here. Listen, whatever you're comfortable with, okay? Shake hands with one another. God bless you. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord.